Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stargirl Podcast. I'm Lizzie, and I'm here with Angie. And we are going to talk about the sixth episode of season three, The Betrayal. Um, I mean, we literally had a discussion before we started recording about what betrayal this was. Like, who betrayed who? Was it Courtney? Was it Cindy? Like, uh, this is a very dramatic title for an episode where we were just like, eh, the only real betrayal is that Sylvester's still here. <laughs> too the only betrayal is to the viewers for putting up with more sylvester and like okay are we gonna get into this now let's are go we... on there okay. sylvester rant early okay well like we'll start with the thing we don't like and we'll end with the things we like and end on a positive note i think that's a good plan so the whole thing about like sylvester kind of like being her coach as she refers to him, I'm like, girl, you've known him for all of what, like a minute? And you're already like holding him in this high of an esteem, especially when he's gone off the rails so many times. You're really going to like take his opinion with like that much faith. Like, Courtney, what what are you doing, girl? What are, And the whole like, and then the JSA is like, Oh, he already has been leading the JSA. No, he hasn't. Not really. <laughs> he's not he also, didn't he almost didn't he ruin a supermarket a couple of days ago? He almost killed the Crocs for no reason. Like ruined a lot of personal property of a lot of people. He blew up a car. Uh, he scared the kids um, when they were down patrolling. Everyone forgot about all of that. And now Sylvester is good. Not only that, he's giving Pat's advice. And Pat just has to sit there and let this man give Courtney the advice Pat should be giving her. And then Courtney's like, yes, Sylvester already, like, what is going on? And when can we get rid of Sylvester? Like, I'm going to be honest, and we've been saying it all along, but bringing him and giving him the role they've given him in season three has been the biggest mistake the show has made. So far, yeah. I just, how dare they take away a Pat scene from us when there are already so many things this show is trying to do. You're going to take away that beard from a scene from us? Like, how how dare? How very dare? Right. You're taking away one of the few things that has consistently worked in this show, which is Pat and Courtney, to give us more Sylvester? Um, why? And then even the comparison Sylvester's name, like, I get it. And I, I mean, I do appreciate that he finally brought up his sister and he finally brought up Henry because at this point I was like, do you even know Henry Jr. existed? Like, like, was that a thing you were aware? Kiss. I mean, but just all in all, Sylvester just doesn't work. Like the story that they're following with him, like it doesn't even follow from the previous episode. Um, and the whole leading the JSA, like like you said, has he? All he did was give Rick bad advice um, about needing no limits. Um, and we know our baby boy Rick is just going to take that, his the powers that he has now uh, that have no limit, and he's going to mess it up somehow. And then we have Yolanda going rogue. I want to say that, really, who's been demonstrating the most leadership is Beth who hasn't who's like because she's stayed she's been pretty neutral this whole time and staying out of it 
But when Beth says, hey, Courtney, maybe you should have told us, that's when you know that that betrayal, like, hurt them. Right, absolutely. And I, I do agree. So, like, it's like, Rick, you also have secrets you should have shared with the class. And Yolanda, you are not innocent here. So, like, literally, the only one who's not hiding things from people is Beth. And you're all hypocrites. And Sylvester is the worst of them all. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I think that's basically the gist of the episode so far. Um, but no, we have, we have plenty more to talk about, I think. I know we're only I like mean, five minutes in, but um, I really enjoyed the Zeke scene. I right. think that was, that was very needed because we don't really have, I mean, yes, we have the Cameron Courtney ship that's, definitely taking off but it's certainly fraught with danger and we kind of need like a sweet one like a sweet ship that we can just like latch on to because we know it's gonna be fine probably so like I love that Maria is just becoming like this character that's just behind the scenes all the time but interacting with different characters so first she learned how to make awesome tea for the shade and now she and Zeke are kind of a thing and He's saying, oh, when you know, you know, basically. So they're they're becoming serious. I think that's adorable. I mean, yeah, the show really does well with the background, some of the background things, even as it does badly with some of the sort of tying things together. Uh, feels like I felt like by episode six, we should have more of an answer. Uh, we should have at least more resolution to the Sylvester part of the plot. Because I felt like it, like, I still don't know why he's here. I still don't think he knows why he's here. So we've just waited, wasted six episodes of what? I don't know. Like, other than setting up, like, this idea of the villains can be redeemed. Which, did they really, like, I don't know. They haven't really brought in Artemis. Um, we haven't seen Jenny again. The Dr. Bones thing is still missing. Like, why, How are we tying it all together in the back half of the season when we wasted so much time with Sylvester? But I did love um, that scene with Zeke and Maria. Like, those little things the show does work really well. And I do think, despite the fact that they have not done anything with Mike and Jaquim, I absolutely loved them trying to win Cindy over. That might have been my favorite moment of the episode because Cindy opens the door. She looks at them and she laughs because it's kind of funny what they're trying to do. And she sees through them, but she allows herself like a second to laugh. And then she's like, nah, and she just closes the door in their face. What I noticed too in this episode is that um, Trey Romano, the actor who plays Mike, is very quickly becoming a man. Like he is... <laughs> What? What happened? It's, it's happening so fast. Uh, I thought, yes, I thought they were totally adorable. Any like, we're like Joaquim again, like he's like kind of the voice of reason and like, well, maybe we shouldn't do this. And Mike is like, no, Mike, do this. <laughs> like, it's Mike like, is corny sibling. Corny. Through and through. Mike, yes. Mike, yes. <laughs> like, God, even if they're not really related by blood, he is truly Courtney sibling in that. Um, so I guess we have to talk about Courtney. Like, 
Okay, no. Before we go into the corny of it all, I want to talk about Pat and Barbara and Cameron's grandparents. And that scene was glorious. Beautiful comedic timing from everyone involved. Like, it was hilarious. Because uh, Pat was sort of there. Barbara was sort of like, let's do this. And Pat was like, I'm just going with you because you're my wife. But this is a bad idea. So, And then when they had to eat the- I can't, but like Pat really tried it. Oh no, he, I think what we know about Pat Dugan is that he's going to commit to the bit. When he shows up at a house and is like, I can fix your sink, like in the first season, or was it the second season? I don't remember now, but like, he's going to try to fix that sink. (laughs) You know, the man knows how to commit. And of course we know like Luke Wilson is just so good at comedy and just so dang charming how he was talking about this is just about the best fish I've ever had you know along with tilapia (laughs) he was just he just started listing fish did that feel unscripted to you that sort of felt like an ad lib to me like I'd be interested in knowing that if that was in the script because that just felt like one of those things that you as an actor sort of throw in there because it's funny and then they they see the the dailies and they're just like, this is too funny to cut. Uh, so I, I would love to know if that was really in the script. Uh, but the I entire scene so. was too funny. It was especially funny, I think, because of how ridiculous it was. Like, they know Cameron's parents are villains, right? Like, are, like why were you there in the first place? Like, that is absurd. Like, are you going to try to reason with them? Yeah, don't they know that the older you get, the more stuck in your ways you become? Like, there's no reasoning with these old people. Although, I kind of got the hint that the grandpa may not be as bad, terrible. Like, he seems concerned for Cameron's happiness, which, yay, okay. Um, But I think Pat is still right that they scare the hell out of me, too. They're just creepy. Both of them, like Pat is writing that, like between um, the horror elements in Stargirl have been on point, even though I don't think this time they're trying. But the creepy grandparents are like, and the the grandma just looking through the window, like that is just scary. Like if I'm walking down the street and I see her, like just glancing at me through the window, I run. Like I'll run. No. Like I don't want anything to do with that. Um, but also Cameron and Courtney, like my my sweet summer children, like what were you expecting was gonna happen? Like I don't know in what world they're living because they just get there and they're the four of the, the his grandparents and her and her parents are talking and they're all like, what is going on? What could you guys have to talk about? I wonder what. Oh, okay. Let's talk about our sweet summer baby with glorious blonde hair Courtney because she basically tells him you know to help with your powers just think of a happy thought and then your actions will be happy so she's she is Peter Panning this is what she's doing and um that is a story for children it's not going to be super applicable to what's going on in your even though you're a superhero like, it's not going it, to, that's not necessarily how the world works. Like, you can have great intentions and still do terrible things. Isn't that every, like, 
villain's backstory is that they actually do like have this like intention for themselves and they believe that they're the hero, but they still end up doing terrible things. I, mm, my girl. And then that ice sculpture was super creepy to me, actually. It was like, like, I think it was supposed to be cute. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I think you can do better than that, Cameron. Like, you're a better artist than that sculpture. <laughs> that was just creepy. But, like, in general, just the whole thing. It's like we mentioned this at the beginning. But the whole thing with Courtney, like, she's not thinking. She's clearly not thinking. Um, But that isn't even really the problem because I can believe a teenager not thinking. I can believe a teenager with a crush, especially not thinking. Um, what I don't know is how the JSA got to the point where they're like, Courtney, can you even lead us because of that thing you did? Despite the fact that Sylvester's, um, whole lo loss of control a couple of episodes ago was just brushed away. And also, why are we only asking Sylvester? Why are we not having Pat in these discussions now? Because Pat Dugan is the voice of reason. You Kids are forgetting all Pat Dugan did for you and just throwing him away that fast. I am mad at all of you, okay? You need to all put some respect on Pat Dugan's name. And that includes Courtney asking, so, well, she didn't really ask, but she took Sylvester's advice and then she basically agreed with Pat that he had nothing else he could say because she'd already talked to Sylvester. Who is Sylvester? Like, I don't, like, go talk to your mom, at least. Like, if you talk to your mom and you'd be like, Pat, no worries, I already talked to my mom. I would have been like, okay, that's fair. Okay? But Sylvester? And then the kids, like, what is going on? We have gotten basically zero. Of when, when there was a mention of Yolanda said that uh, Courtney was with camera. Jolanda said? Jolanda knew that? Because I haven't seen Jolanda and Courtney even talk this season. How they talk when Jolanda was like, my best friend. Your best friend? Best friends talk, okay? Like, you haven't talked outside of a group setting all season. So I'm having trouble with the best friend kind of thing. Um, Because, again, and this is all part of the same problem. We'd spent too long with Sylvester. Um, Like, I just... I don't know. The kids are getting like on my nerves and not even for te normal teenage stuff. Like I can't even forget, forgive Courtney just being like um, brain disengaged because cute boy. The, the weird thing about Courtney is that her brain didn't disengage. She's known Cameron for a while. Okay. Her brain didn't shut up for a while because she still got her, her wits in all of season one and all of season two and then all of a sudden she's like Let's turn off brain because cute boy like what it's like the hormones just suddenly overwhelmed her i don't know yeah i don't know what these children are doing so we have rick breaking into a gym in the middle of the night when doesn't he have access to like a bunch of woods and stuff can't he just like lift tree trunks and rocks and stuff did he really have to break into a gym but Fine. There's that. We have our girl Yolanda basically like telling the priest that there are a lot of bad people in this town, but you know what? 
I'm going to take care of it. I don't even need your forgiveness for that. I need forgiveness for what I'm going to do, bro. <laughs> right? like, what? It's like a priest does. Like, basically, what? like, okay, forgive me in a base because I'm going to sin. Like, have you ever really been to church? That's not how it works. Okay, I can imagine my priest being like, wait, what? He, he'd open the, the, the little door and be like, what? What do you think you're going and she like talked she mentioned briefly very briefly that she's still not ready to talk about her family so it's like imagine how terrible your family is where you would rather talk about how you're about to like get your vengeance on like a bunch of bad people instead of like talking about your family like that's how bad her family is she would rather talk about murder Right. And then her family is another thing. Like we sort of forgave the show for the entirety of season two for not bringing it up. But like we're in the middle of season three. And again, all this wasted time on Sylvester and that like, are we even going to see Yolanda's family again? Other than the brief moments we've got, like there's an issue there. And she brings it up again where she tells a bad, at least her parents are good. Like my parents are not. It's like, okay, but, like, we need more here, okay? Like, we are tired, and there are only seven episodes to go in this season, and WB is canceling everything. So, like, it just feels like, like, I don't even want to go into that or worry about that, but, like, it just feels like the show is not taking advantage of the opportunities, and I thought it was going to be because they were going to bring in Jenny, and because Jaquim was going to take some time. Like, I thought it was going to be, oh, the JSA is going to get bigger. I didn't think it was going to be because Stargirl is now Starman's show. And I don't care for Starman. Like, if the show had been called Starman and it had starred Joel McHale from the beginning, I would not be here doing this podcast and watching it. Might have caught up at some point for the kids. But I don't care about Starman enough for all of this. And we have literally seen a show for six episodes where he is the main character. I don't want that. I am tired of it. And I've said, I know I've said this plenty of times in, in this podcast this season, but like, make it stop. I love how we were originally like, okay, we are going to save the positive comments for the end. And then we ended up yelling again. But you know what? That is very on brand for this. Because the other thing I want to talk about is Beth blocking her parents. Like, that's a baller move to block your parents. Because, yes, they can be annoying. They're checking in on her. They're being like helicopter parents. But, like, you live in a town with a bunch of supervillains. What if something actually happened to your parents and they're trying to get a hold of you? Like, that was a terrible idea, Beth. You don't block your parents, girl. What are you doing? And in and also she's like, I mean, I think she's taking it too far. Um, her parents have done like a 180, and I, it's probably hard for her to sort of find the balance of like what's going on with her parents. Um, but like, yeah, she's taking it too far, and she still though seems the, the same one out of the kids. Like, even though she's taking it too far, I'm still like, well, Beth, at least you're, like, thinking about things. You might not be making the right decisions, but there's some thought involved to what you're doing. Uh, instead of whatever it is, Rick, you're like, when Rick and Yolanda stand together, I'm just like, 
there's no worse combination in the world than these two agreeing. Like these two really have like little in common. They're not agreeing because they have thought out arguments about why they're doing what they're doing. They're just both like not thinking and going like straight at what they perceive to be the problem and going together. Worst case scenario. Like when Rick uh, shows up to help Yolanda, I'm like, oh God, not this too. Yeah. I actually, I was totally on Cindy's side for that whole thing of it. That whole thing. I was like, this show has really changed like my allegiances from season one for sure. Like Cindy was always like an enjoyable character. Don't get me wrong. But like everything she did in this episode, even like dropping Courtney's secret, I would have done the same thing too. You came to my house. You stole stuff from my house. You're just like destroying my bedroom. You destroyed my window. You outed my own secret. You know what? I'm going to out this secret too because I have nothing to lose now. Right. And and also she, she like, there's a point there where like what Courtney did not telling them about Cameron. Cameron who's not like, I understand that Cameron might be and will probably be a danger. Um, but he's not right now. So how is what Courtney did with someone who is not a, an immediate danger worse than when Yolanda and then Rick do attacking someone who might just be a present danger right now in Cindy if you provoke her. But all of that's fine because Courtney lied to us about Cameron having power, which honestly should have been something you all, all of you should have thought about before. Like, this is not rocket science. Oh, my God, Cameron has powers. How dare you keep that secret from us? How come you didn't think of it? Like, I thought you were all have like, fun. Oh, I hate it when characters are, like, oblivious to obvious stuff. Then they're like, how could you keep the secret from us that the sky is blue? It's like, do you have eyes? I'm sorry. Uh, but also, speaking of obvious stuff, what was not obvious to me was what the heck was on that puzzle. I had to message Lizzie outside of this recording bad to be quality like, puzzle is what it meant. Like they I got that done. Very bad picture. I couldn't see it. Like I, I, it was too dark. I couldn't. I don't know what was happening. Maybe it's my age and my eyes are going, but I could not see what was on that puzzle until Lizzie told me. Right. I mean, like the eyes and whatever, but like, I, I don't, I also don't know how we're tying director bones. Like what, it, what is this show doing? Okay. But what is you like, I don't understand how we're getting from A to B. To, like, it makes no sense. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like it had to be like, there, there had to be a tie to the biggest or bigger picture of the season. But I feel like it took too long. Like, and again, what does that have to do with the gambler? Like, we started with, like, this mystery and, like, suspects and shit. And, like, are, at, we, at this point, are we, like, who killed the gambler? Like, does anyone even care who killed the gambler? I don't think anyone cares. Honestly, at this point, I don't even care. I just want to get, I want to get a move in on the different things that were teased in the previous seasons that we're supposed to be seeing in this season. Unless they are deliberately like 
saving it for the next season. But like you said, we don't even know if the show's going to get renewed for another season. So like, if you have awesome characters like Jade and director Bones, bring them in now. Like if they're not in the next episode, I think we're going to have some issues because it's just not going to give us enough time for them even being there to make sense. Right. And then, I mean, it's just little things, but like, Beth sees this thing, she taps the feed, and no one asks, why is there a feed into all of this? Like, was this a gambler? Does someone else have it? Because it, it sort of seemed obvious that the feed was live, okay? That someone was watching that. But no one questioned it? I was like, hmm, this isn't Cindy, obviously, so who is it? Um, other than Sylvester, Sylvester's like, Dragon King could still be out there, but that was like a like, I don't know, a throwaway line. Um, it's like, you guys are, like, so... And I know you're teenagers, but you're too focused on the teenage problems and not on the big picture. And I would understand it if it weren't that we had two seasons where you were all better at this. And then all of a sudden, you guys are like, no, we're teenagers. And it's like, yes, but you were younger the previous season and then the season before, and you weren't doing this. I... I am so glad that I muted myself while you were talking because I was just cackling uproariously. You're totally right. They have demonstrated their potential. We know that they can do it. I don't know. Maybe they're not in their senior year, are they? Like, what what year in high school are they again? Because, like, to me, this kind of seems like senioritis where you just kind of stop caring and you just kind of just, like, go along with it. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> oh, God. And, like, in in with all of the things they have to bring up still and like seven episodes to go all the things they have to bring up still and then i keep thinking that Bragg promised this season was gonna have a good ending and at this point i was like how like how like you do know how many like plot threads you gotta pull from right because i'm like how yeah and, like and another tease too how like um cindy was saying oh this started happening to me after the shadowlands i don't know if it's because of it but that's when i happened well let's look at the other character that was in the shadowlands with her like could courtney be potentially affected by the shadowlands is something gonna go wrong with her powers like the show is still giving us a lot of little nuggets but um it's it's not leading to a, a like filling meal you know Right, and then there is a character out there that Angie would love to see in uniform again who was in the Shadowlands for a long, long time. Can we just, like, examine that? Or, like, are we just going to forget he was in the Shadowlands for years and years? And this is happening to Cindy after, like, two seconds in the Shadowlands. Like, come on. If this show were called Dr. Mid-Thighs, I would have watched it from the beginning and been very faithful. That is That is something that I would be very interested in. Yes. I think more, more Dr. Midthighs, less Starman. I think we've reached the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah, because I can't stop laughing. Uh, but honestly, yes, I just, Starman is our least favorite of the original JSA. Uh, take him away, please. Okay, so you can visit StarGirlPodcast.com for all the latest news about the StarGirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at StarGirl Podcast as well. Subscribe to StarGirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. 
Don't forget that we are part of the DC TV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcast has its own tea public store, so if you're interested in DCTV-related merch, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear as it does support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. If you have questions, thoughts about Stargirl, etc., email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye.